What's going on, y'all? Welcome, welcome, welcome to the season two premiere of Conversations of the Heart, man. It's your boy T. Tilbury. Today we're going to be talking to my brother Joel at Death Free Joel. We're going to be discussing some New Year's finance resolutions, um, some pitfalls to avoid, and, and some other cool things. Rock with me. My brother, season. my brother. Season two. Yes, sir. Season yes, sir. Two. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Congrats. Appreciate you, brother. I appreciate you, man. Uh, I, you know, I say, you know, I, I got to start with you. I, you I, I got to start with you, brother. You know, it, it could be downhill from here. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> you know I mean? Hey, I, man. I got to get myself back into form, baby. I haven't done this in a while, you know? Like, I got to get back into <laughs> formal, baby. Yeah, man. Um, I, I said you know to kick off season two. Um, what what better way, um, than to bring you back, um, you know, and talk about some New Year's finance re resolutions, brother. Um, and so I appreciate you again as always for doing this with me, doing this for me. I appreciate you, man. Come on, man. No worries. No worries. I actually enjoy doing this, man. This is good. I need the swag though. We gonna get the swag. <laughs> At my game. Yo, um. First of all, um, before we even get started, um, I want to cheers to you, salute to you, um, because you, <laughs> yes, sir. yes, sir, I appreciate you, man, because you doing some uh, amazing things, um, being a, a finance coach, um, and, and, and you branching off, I see you all over the place right now, I started your page, your new page is blowing up, you all over the place, you know what I'm saying, like, you doing, you know, Zooms, you doing YouTubes. You want your own, you you want a whole nother level, bro. So I just want to say salute you, brother. Um, happy New Year to you, brother. Absolutely, definitely. Brother. Cheers to you. It feels like a second job sometimes. I ain't gonna lie. People don't understand that that this ain't just for the play. No. Um. You know. So before we get started, I do want to just take the time to tell people. You know. Um. If you want to catch this audio, um. You know. Now you could be. Now you can hear this on iHeartRadio, Spotify. Breaker, um, Anchor, I, um, iTunes, uh, excuse me, iTunes, Google Podcasts. You know, you know, we are, we are a little bit everywhere right now. So, you know, I just wanted to just let people know. Um, nice. So, let's get into a finance resolution for the new year, brother. Um, what are some of the best tips that you would give people um, to start the new year off right with their money? Sure. I mean, the, the first thing is, um, as I was thinking about this in, in preparation, you got to be able to look back at what you did before you can start to go forward. Mm. Right? You, you got to mm -hmm. be able to do that. So the first thing I would say before anything is take a look back at what you did for 2020 and see if you hit your financial goals or not. Now, this could mm -hmm. be a little bit of a shaky conversation because maybe you didn't have financial goals. Right. Well, that's a whole right. thing story, right? But right. you need to be able to look back historically and assess whether or not you hit your goals. And if you didn't, why? 
right? You got to be able to look back and, and, and recognize who you are and what happened. Now, I understand there was COVID, there was layoffs, there was protests, there was everything in their mother that happened last year. But you still mm -hmm. have to go back and reassess what happened, I think is the most important thing. Um, mm -hmm. And, and you, you're able to do that on three different levels, right? You can reflect on what happened, you can mm -hmm. adjust, and you can change, mm -hmm. right? The rack. Right. You can do all three, right? So you got to reflect on what happened. You got to adjust, right? If you didn't do it right, or even if you did do it right, how can you do it better for the year after? And then you have right. to change, right? Because every year your goals are going to change. If you think about, think about us, for example, right? Mm -hmm. You asked us last year in January that you would have started doing matters of the heart. And I would have, you know, created a page on finance and all this kind of stuff. All of that would have never been in our purview at that moment, right? We had different yeah. things we were working on. So yep. the fact is that every year you fundamentally change your goals to adapt to who you are as a person, whether it be spiritually or mentally, emotionally, physically, right? So you have to be able to first assess where you came from, where did you do right? What did you do wrong? And then be realistic about what your goals are for the upcoming year. Man, uh, that's so powerful, man, because listen, I'll be honest with you. If you would have told me last year that I would have came in this year with all this hair, I mean, I would have told you, uh, you was crazy. You know what I'm saying? I always, <laughs> I always kept the low cut, you know, clean, cleaned up. You know, now I'm like, y'all kind of like this thing, man. You know, so I'm kind of attached to it, bro. Um, but when I see your post online, and, you know, some, and let me tell y'all, man, it, it, it'd be hilarious, you know, especially with the MCMs and all of this stuff, man. It'd be too early for, for me sometimes, bro. Hey, I appreciate the humor, man. Um, but you say things about that may not be so popular, like about, you know, crypto or about, um, you know, investing in order to pay off debt, things like that. So I'm just kind of wondering, like, what are some of the pitfalls um, that can actually, um, that, that people can avoid? um with, with their money this year yeah i mean at the end of the day don't don't believe your own hype right that's the biggest thing you, you know what's going to really piss people off is when i say the majority of your investment decisions that worked out are based on luck and not analysis that's going to piss a lot of right. people off when i say that because it's just the truth the truth is that the majority of the investment decisions that people made last year were just luck right it just happened that i could look you can blindfold a monkey and have him throw a dart at the Wall Street Journal and any stock would have went up for him, okay? He probably would have the same returns. So mm. it don't mean that you necessarily were good at what you did. It just means that you followed the momentum of the, the stock. The problem is, is that when you start to believe your own hype, you start to believe that mm -hmm. the thing is normal. Right. So the first of all, I would say more than anything is don't believe your own hype um, and keep everything at a level keel, right? So you had a good year, you, you did what you were supposed to do. You know, you can try to recreate next year, but don't bet the bank. You know, it's amazing to me, and maybe you can comment on this. Everybody's trying to get rich tonight, today, tomorrow, Yeah. right? Yeah. They don't want to hustle for the, the long game. It's, 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 it's behavior. When you really think, mm -hmm. they want to escape the hell that they're in right now to go buy a bunch of things that they think are going to make them happy. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you start investing just because, you know, you want to be rich, chances are you're investing for the wrong reason. Mm. Right. If you're mm. about it, if you're investing to be rich, you're probably doing it for the wrong reason because you're driven by greed. Mm. Right. If you're, if you're doing it to be um, driven by financial stability, 
if you're doing it to build trans, you know, transformational wealth, generational wealth, then I'm for that. But if it's just you want to be rich tomorrow, you're more likely to make um, significant uh, errors, really, when it comes down to it, just because most people don't realize that wealth takes time. So don't rush it. Ask for mistakes. Don't rush it. Don't ask to, to try to do this overnight. Build the tolerance. Build the momentum to do it correctly and keep a level head. Like, don't believe mm -hmm. your own. I think that's, that's, I mean, that's some sound advice. And when it comes to, like, the whole gear risk quick thing, I think that that's, that's, that's in everything. You know, I, I think, you know, we live in a, a right now generation. Like, I need everything now. I need everything yesterday. I want to get popular. I want to blow up. You know, I want to get success, fame, money, and everything has to be like this because, because that's, that's the era, you know, that's the era that we all came from, right? Like, that's, that's – and now we're in the social media era, and you're seeing people's success at a much more rapid rate, Right. As where I think when me and you were growing up, we saw we saw people successful, but not like this. Um, not you know not like this. Like you know we we had the rappers, we had the singers, we had the actors. You know we had those type of people, but they, but that was like man, like I can't get there, right? But but now with the social media ever, it's like man, I'm seeing people my age successful. I'm seeing them popular. I'm seeing them blow up. I'm seeing all this stuff around me, and it's like, well, why am I not? in that type of mix yeah. um so it kind of makes you anxious it's kind of makes you like man like i'm missing out on a lot of different things not understanding that well either one of two things what they've been through or what their grind was they've been doing that for a long time and now they they just came into into success or it's fake success yep one of the two right that you know that they're not really you know like they're not living their life that they're actually showing you right um, so let me see. Mm -hmm. Bacon and Hill said, I think that it's because the playing field is getting more open to more people. Yep. I mean, yeah, you know, I, I think, um, that like the, like the internet especially has made it accessible for everybody. Right. As where, you know, growing up in the nineties and, you know, and in the, and even in the two thousands, that wasn't the case, but there's a good and bad side to that. Now that it's opening up for everybody to get money, right? Now it's like you do have an opportunity to find your lane, you, and you do have an opportunity, you know, to to, to become successful in in various different lanes that we never even thought of back when we were growing up, right? Yeah, think about this, right? When you were growing up, mm -hmm. you you heard the term you have to keep up with the Joneses, right? When yes, we yes. Up, we were growing up before the internet, right? The Joneses mm -hmm. were the people next door. They were your cousins. They were your family. They were your friends. Right? What does right. the internet do? The internet puts so much pressure on your ability to earn income because now you're comparing mm -hmm. your lifestyle to a bunch of rich people running around. And mm -hmm. when you're on social media, no one's ever going to put the bad things on social media. As far as I Never. Know, every time you look at social media, everybody's rich, everybody's well off, they're in happy relationships. You would think that the entire mm -hmm. world is happy. The yep. social pressure that we put on ourselves because of somebody else usually make yep. so miserable as it pertains to our finances. You see, it took mm -hmm. all of us, right? It took all of us the opportunity and the time and the ability to say to ourselves, no, I don't need mm -hmm. to compete with Terrence. I don't need to compete based on money. That's such a stupid mentality when you think about it, mm -hmm. right? Because right. 
financial position is different. Just be the best person you can be versus trying to be something else. And that's, that's, I think, the biggest issue. Most people at the end of the day think for some reason that they have mm-hmm. to compete with other people. They feel the pressure to do certain things. You have to have the right clothes and the shoes and the cars and all that. No, man, stay mm-hmm. in your lane. Being, let me tell you something. Being wealthy is not hard. It's right. really not hard. It's, it's a very simple process, right? Live below your means and be happy with what you got. You don't have to keep pushing, you know, down the road and taking all these extravagant risks and trying to do all these things that other people are doing. Stay in your mm-hmm. It don't matter how you get there as long as you get there. Mm. Man, that's fire. And so, and though, and with that train of thinking, I kind of want to tra- transition into, I, you just kind of touched on it, about how societal pressures um, affect the way you make decisions, right? And with your money and, and other things, you know, it could be career, whatever the case is. And I feel like the impact of money, especially affects your mental health in a major way. Yes. Um, you know, I, I see people, you know, you know, of course in massive debt, um, people who, maybe who don't make as much. And it, it's like, when you get to, especially when you get to a certain age, you feel like, you know, man, I'm not 20 anymore. I'm like 30 something and I'm not where I need to be. And I need to get there ASAP right now. Maybe because I, I want to get married. Maybe because I want this car. Maybe because I see somebody that's my age, that's killing it. And I want to get to that, t- and to that level. And then you start to get really, really depressed, you know, or, or maybe it's, it's real things. You know, I have a kid or two, right. Or I have parents to take care of that are sick. Right. And those are all real things. Right. That, and that I, I know that you can speak to and I can speak to. Right. Um, and that all affects your mental health. So in your expertise, you know, you being a finance coach, like how have you seen um, money affect um, somebody's well-being and, and mental health? Are you kidding? It, it, it completely debilitates them. Money's mm-hmm. more about behavior than it is about mathematics. Right, I'm, I mm-hmm. sound a, a, a recording, but I, I say it all the time just because people have to get that through their head. Do you know how many times I've had conversations with people where I'm arguing with their behavior more than anything? It's mm. not math. The math is actually pretty simple. You, know, you, you got third grade education in math to figure out what your budget is. <laughs> it's, it's, not that, it's not really hard, but what's hard about it more than anything is the emotion that's behind it. Think about it. We talked about this like on, on the first season. Like most people, mm-hmm are they, they they've never had money they don't know what to do with money everybody around them has never had money and now that they have the money to keep it close to themselves they don't want to communicate it with nobody they don't want to seek help especially men men don't want any help because they feel like it's emasculating to ask somebody else for advice and it mentally puts you in in like a mental jail right because you don't want to put money out there you don't want to say what you make think about it all of us are running around. We all make money and nobody knows what each other makes. As if mm-hmm. that makes a difference, right? Like, newsflash for everybody. You can make over 100 grand and still be broke. The number don't make a difference. All that matters is how much you retain. So mentally, it's an emotional and, and just, it's mind-boggling to me. People argue with me when I show them their own numbers. Like, I made it up. <laughs> <laughs> right like i like i'm like i'm the reason why you're in this position right and and mm-hmm. what you start to realize is 
you take the mask off of the life that they've been faking. Right? That's the hardest part about finances is that you rip the mask off. They have to look at themselves in the face. You know who you are when you're sitting in, in silence, when nobody's around you, right? When you hold the mirror to somebody's face and say, this is who you are, it's, it's exposure. So you're, you're, you're showing them the debt. You're showing them their expenses. You're showing them how often they go on Amazon. I had a, a, a friend of mine that I was helping once. She says, yeah, I save almost 20% of my income every month, but I don't know why my savings is not going up. Well, once we start talking, you start dipping into your savings every month to go buy Amazon. Well, if that's the case, you're not saving anything. If mm. they don't, she, she, wouldn't, she couldn't even see that part of the behavior. Mm. It's not numbers, mm. bro. It's all about behavior. And I, I'll leave it with everybody with this. To me, in my personal opinion, debt-free allows you to breathe differently. I'm not saying it's the end-all, be-all. But being debt-free allows you to at least control that mental aspect of your health, right? Mm. You, have, you have financial um, mental health. You have emotional mental health, physical mental health. Uh -huh. Each one of them needs to be addressed individually. I'm telling you the, the emotional, and I mean, the financial mental health, you can do it that way by living below your means and simply just accepting who you are. Mm. I need you to repeat what you said about the mask. Oh, that was a quote. That was a quotable right there. I need you to say it one time for the one time. No, no, it, it's absolutely the same. When I help people with their finances, what happens normally is you rip the mask off what they have for their life that they've been faking up to this point. Most of the time, people are faking who they are with their money. Y'all all can't be rich. That's bullshit. Straight up, y'all all can't be rich. Y'all all can't be paid. Y'all all can't be doing this because the statistics don't lie among us as black people. So when, mm. you, when you show someone who their finances are, you rip the mask off of the fake life that they've been pushing around for the, for the last 10 years. And it hurts and it makes them so uncomfortable. But that's the, mm. only, way. the only way, right? The truth will set you free, right? Isn't that what they say? Right, it's say. like Neo with the Matrix. Which, which pill you want? And a lot of people want to stay in the fantasy world because they don't feel uncomfortable. But when you know people like us, when we get on and we start talking about this, we make people uncomfortable. They don't want to hear it because it's the truth. Mm. It it breaks up the monotony of their of their life. It it, it kind of po starts popping balloons all over the place, and that's what happens. Don't fake it. Mm. Knowledge it, and then when you do reach that point, you've built it on a house based on concrete, not sand. Mm. Whew, you said a lot right there, boy. Um, but I want to get to the pillars that, that you have. Um, I know in the beginning of last season, um, in the beginning of last season, you had your pillars. And for the new, for the new viewers, because we have new people on different platforms, and I'm like, listen, um, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Oh man, um, yeah, I'm just having fun, man. Nah, man, but I, but I thought the pillars was so dope, you know, about about charity and things like that. But I'm gonna let you take it. Um, give give the people your your pillars. Sure. When it comes to how to divide your wealth and your money. Yeah, even if you're doing it for um your your goals this year, right? Even if you're looking mm -hmm. from a personal finance perspective, I think that everybody mm -hmm. should have three goals when it comes to your finance. Right. 
right? Mm -hmm. um, the first one should be a savings goal. You should mm -hmm. have a investing goal and you should have a mm -hmm. check goal. Now, I am mm -hmm. well aware of the people I'm talking to who are going to hear this. When I say savings, you think it's boring. When I say investing, your ears perk up. And when I say charity, I lose you, right? But all three mm. goals are essential to financial well-being. I, I personally think you need all three. So let's start with a savings goal for this year, right? Mm -hmm. Savings is boring. If you try to find a high-yield account right now, what do they charge you? Maybe 50 basis points to 50, you know, yes. interest. Yeah, about 50 basis points, right. You're not making any money. But your savings is where you preserve your wealth, right? All I have to say to everybody who's going to hear this within the sound of my voice, look what happened last March. Y'all were all good. Everything was straight. Some people went to carnival. Some people came back. Everybody was partying, having a good time. And everything went to shit at literally overnight. You saw people lose their jobs. For the record, unemployment among black people is still at 10%. Don't believe mm. those 6% you see on TV, okay? Right. You go, you go to Blacks or Hispanic women, it's even worse. So your savings is to stop you or to prevent you from having these ca catastrophic events, right? That's when mm -hmm. um, um, major inconveniences become minor expenses. Mm -hmm. right? That's what your savings is for. Your savings is to help you within those times just in case something goes wrong. Now, my advice... Mm -hmm is you should be saving 10% of your income at all times, right? Until you reach, you know, three to six months of your expenses, then you can shift to the other categories. But for mm -hmm. sure, first category above all is that you need to build a savings because that's where you preserve your wealth. And I gave the example last season. Think of a castle and think of the moat around the castle, right? If you guys remember what the moat was, the moat is the, the water around the castle, right? Mm -hmm. You put the alligators in there and all that. And then you have the drawbridge that goes over that, right? Your moat is your savings, right? So for a lot of you who are going to hear this, you ain't got a moat, right? The enemy can come right into your castle and just mess everything up, right? For some of you, you have a moat. That water, right? That analogy, that water, that's your savings. You are the castle. Build the boat so that you don't have these emergencies become minor inconveniences, right? So if something goes wrong on your car, you can afford it. If something mm. happens in your house, you can avoid it. The boiler blows, mm. you can afford it. You get laid off because of a, a pandemic. Mm -hmm. You can afford it, right? Mm -hmm. First pillar for sure, savings. Mm. For sure. Um, the second one, is where everybody's going to love this, right? Investing. That's the that's the, the everybody's on investing now, right? Yeah, yeah, of course, your, of course. Your second pillar of your finances is investing, right? That's where your money makes you money, right? I think for every single person, a part of your money should be able to make you money because guess what? Money doesn't rest. It doesn't need sleep. It doesn't need food. All it needs to do is grow. Yeah, this grows, stay stagnant, or you take it away. So a part of your money should always go to growing your money. Now, investing is agnostic of um, just stocks, right? It could be building your own business. It could be bonds. It could be real estate. It could be whatever it is. So, for example, like if you wanted to start growing your own brand, part of your income every single month goes to building your brand, right? Mm. Now, you don't have to spend it every single month, but that's what you should do. Every single month, a part of your income goes to growing your income, and that's the, right. whole, that's the whole point of it, right? Now, 
Mm -hmm. I don't want to pop in everybody's bubble, but let's just tell the truth. Last year was not normal. Do not believe the hype. I've been investing for mm -hmm. 11 years, off and on for 15. I've been, through, I've been through massive recessions. I've seen what 2008 was. I saw what happened with the Bitcoin crash of 2017. I remember the tech crash of 2000, and I remember the recession of 92. Okay, when I say the recession of 92, I'm starting to date myself now because I'm an 80s baby. Yeah, I okay? don't want you to say I'm going to say that. That's no, all good. I look good. But, right? <laughs> so, but what you saw last year wasn't normal. No. Okay, so don't expect those same type of returns every year. I, that's the that's the key that I think that people need to understand. But part of your income every month should go towards growing your money, right? The first pillar of your money is your savings. The second pillar of your money is investing, right? Now, the third one, this is where I lose people. The third one is the charity. This is the point of this. Mm. This is why Terrence started me doing this in the first place. This is why it happened, right? Was because of the charity. No matter what video I do, no matter what thing I teach, no matter what it is, the whole point of this is to teach black people to be more financially responsible so that they can be more charity. I mean, more charitable, okay? That mm. is the whole point. Because we as black people can help ourselves quicker than the government can. You see the fuck shit that they're doing, excuse my language, with um, the stimulus. You saw yeah. how, how long it took? Okay. Yeah. I, don't care, mm -hmm. I don't care who you blame. I don't care what your political affiliation is. Look how long it took. They could have passed that with their own bill a long time ago. They didn't. And even now, some people's not getting it. And they say, you got to put it towards, uh, file it towards your taxes. <laughs> you still got to pay taxes on it. Okay. Right. So charity is where you actually give your money to help another person and you expect nothing back. That is the key. That is not your money. This is agnostic of religion. I am Catholic. I am a Christian. But just because I am religious doesn't mean everybody else needs to be. What I'm saying is a part of your money should go to helping other people. For one mm -hmm. reason only, if it's only more than anything, it keeps you humble. Mm -hmm. It keeps you very humble when you get to affect people's lives. And this pillar to me is the most fun. Because this mm -hmm. is where I can change people's lives. Quietly, behind the scenes, with nobody knowing. Mm -hmm. Man, let me tell you something about the charity, man. Like I, um, I think it was last month. I went to, I was a part of a a toy drive for, for for kids with terminal cancer, and you know, you know, you buy them gifts and stuff like that, and 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 then you go out and you go meet the parents and you give the gifts, and they have a whole thing going with Santa Claus and all, all that stuff for the kids, man. But the stories you hear, um, and to know that your time, not even just your money, but the time that you took to just be a blessing to somebody else in their time of need, you know, and just, just the emotion that even that the parents have for their children um, during those times. Like those, that's what, that's the moments that you really do the charity work for. You know what I mean? Like, like that's, that's like, that was it. Like I was blown away, you know, by just some of the things that I heard and even the things that I saw, you know, and I was just like, wow, like, like we're blessed. You know, um, as as much problems as we think that we have, you know, and maybe the struggle is real for a lot of us. And that's true, you know, but, man, some people have it 10 times worse, man. Um, so, like you said, like with the charity thing, man, like it's so important. And it's so vital for our community, too, because some, sometimes we live in this crab in the barrel mentality, you know. Um, and, I, and that's why I started the show, you know, um, 
so that people can have access to information like what you're giving them, right? Yep. Um, so yeah, I think you're 200% right, bro, 200% right. Um, is there any particular charities that, that you like to donate to um, I, um, that people might can get involved with? Just off the top of your head, I'm not sure. Just want, just just thinking out loud. Yeah, I mean, so the first one, not to be facetious, your own family. Mm. Said, <laughs> think about it. Who said charity was an organization? Well, a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. like, why, why does it have to be an organization? Think about what you could do to your own friends and family. Think about everybody in your That's life. Right? Mm -hmm. Think about everybody in your life right now. Whose life can you affect? Right. Time. All it takes is one person for you. Think about it. You could leave this earth and say, one person comes up to you and say, you changed my life. And I'm not saying pay for somebody's lifestyle. I'm saying trying to help right. them get out of debt. Or maybe their kids mm -hmm. in school. You put, you know, let's say, let's say one of their kids is about to go to college, right? And you know, we were both broke when we went to college, right? Well, you, you had the job and stuff, but I was broke. I'm starting to <laughs> I was fucking broke, right? But imagine being able to. As the kids go on to college, you put money in their account every month just to mm. help them, right? And as you're mm. helping them, you're teaching them, right? So that's the first charity. The first charity is the people around you. Like, not mm. to be too heavily religious, but God does not discriminate, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Like, it's very simple, right? It, it was very simple what Jesus said. It was very, very simple. Give unto Caesar what is Caesar's. Give unto God what is God. And that's it. It doesn't mm -hmm. have to be directly just to the church, though I do think part of it is that, but part of it is to your own people, to your own family. So your money mm -hmm. is as good as being charitable as it is to invest, as it is to save. Now, the second thing for charity is find something that's personal to you, right? So my father, unfortunately, passed away from cancer. So I do give to, to you know, Sloan Kettering, and uh, not Sloan Kettering, um, the Susan B. Anthony and stuff like that. Like those those specific cancer yeah. organizations, I give to those when they come in. Um, then give to things that you remember in your childhood. So for example, shout out to everybody who lives in Queens Village. Everybody knows where the Little Sisters of the Poor is, right? The little, like, mm -hmm. they know where yep. it is. My mother, I donated to them one time, they got my address, it's over. Now they got me, right? <laughs> it's over. <laughs> it's right? These are, these are nuns who give up their entire life to help people. Think about that mentality. So giving $10, $20, those are things that are cool. Here's the one I think everybody should think about. You can go on, um, what's, what's the, uh, the GoFundMe? Think about this. Imagine, if mm -hmm. you, imagine every month you just decided. From now on, I'm taking $50 of my, my money and I'm just going to give it away. Right? Let's say you don't even do 10%. Let's say you just say 50 bucks. You can go on a GoFundMe once a month, pick a random charity, and you can donate $50 anonymously to somebody who's going through life-threatening things. You can put your name as anonymous and walk away. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, you could donate to black charities, right? Yep. So whether you, you know, maybe you support the Black Lives Organization, which, again, is different than the movement. I want to make sure everybody's aware of that. But you can mm -hmm. donate to that. You can donate to the NAACP. You can donate to your political people. You could donate... There's so many things you can donate to find something that's personable to you. If you're in a sorority, for example, so the Deltas, I believe, had their, um, their yearly anniversary, I think like yesterday or something like that, you donate to them. Maybe they had a, a strong influence on your life. Donate to your school. We both went to St. Joke's. I mean, St. Joke's, oh, not St. Joke's. Uh, uh, St. John's Prayer. Right. right. Yeah. So I donated to them, right? Because when we paid mm -hmm. tuition, 
our parents were complaining, but we could have, I mean, we tried, we, we got the, we did the best <laughs> we could. Now, yep. like it's insane. I looked it up. I was like, what do you do? <laughs> right? So and that's high school. Vision? Yeah. yeah. So your, your donations make it personable to you. And, you know, but think about different levels in your life. And as you grow, there's going to be different organizations that you, you donate to in the future. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, it's still January. It's early in January. If, if somebody came to you and said, Joel, listen, I, I need a book or I need some information. Like, like you know, um, I don't, you know, I can't, I, I can't have access to you 24-7. Right, um, right, right. <laughs> what's a good book? Um <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, like what's a good book that you've read that that changed your outlook and and on finance and money? Bang, right there. Mm -hmm. The Richest Man in Babylon by George Clayson. I have bought mm -hmm. this book for people. This is how I know we're related because I had this ready to go to bring up. Okay. <laughs> yes, the, sir. the Richest Man in Babylon by George Clayson. It has a uh, hundred and 91 pages, 94 pages. There are no numbers in this book besides the number 10, I believe. It just tells you to don't, um, to save 10% of your income. This, to me, is by far one of the greatest personal finance books you can ever get because it's set in story form, right? It's a, it's a, it's a story about someone who's looking and, and figuring out, trying to figure out ways on how to become wealthy. And it it's, it's, it's takes place. This book was written in the 1920s. Mm. Okay. And it's still relevant a hundred years later. It's one wow. of the best books I've ever read on personal finance. I have bought it for way too many people. And I'm telling you, it's the best book. If there's anything I'm going to say is that one. There's one more. If it's not that one for folks that are looking to invest, right? So for those of you who don't know my background, I have an MBA. I have a, a, a bachelor's degree in um, applied mathematics and statistics. I have an MBA in finance, and I hold the Chartered Financial Analyst designation, which is the closest thing you can get to a PhD outside of actually going for it. Okay. Big three. The Holy Grail. The Holy Trinity. Right. I have. <laughs> so if people are looking to invest, it's not just the YouTube videos. Those There are some that are pretty beneficial, but not just someone who tells you what to buy and sell. Mm -hmm. There's a book called The Random Walk Down Wall Street, okay? And it's by Burton Malkiel. I'm pretty sure I butchered his last name. This <laughs> yeah, is the closest <laughs> thing, um, A Random Walk Down Wall Street. It's the closest thing I've seen that's close enough to the material that I've learned with my higher education, okay? It doesn't have to go into extensive formulas and trying to look for like, you know, things to be uh, an analyst, but it teaches you the truth about investing, okay? It teaches you the truth about options. It teaches you the truth about what it is to build long-term wealth. So if there's mm -hmm. two books that I would recommend everybody get, um, the first one is The Richest Man in Babylon, and the second one is a random walk down Wall Street if you're looking to invest. Even if you don't want to invest, even if you think the stock market's a bunch of crooks, I still think you should read that because it explains to you the origins of Wall Street and the, you know what type of what are the, what are the securities and what are, like. But it's done in such a way that it's it's basically made to explain to like a 13 year old. Got gotcha. you.
right? So those those two by by far I would recommend. Then you have like other books about like mental health and stuff. Yeah, like yeah, and I, I see you back there, brother. I, I, I see the I see the book bookshelf is full, baby. Yeah, yeah. I'm starting to lose space. I'm starting to lose space. <laughs> you got to get a bigger one. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I got to get another one. Yeah. So. I know that that you're somebody that, you know, that reads a lot. Um, so what do you suggest? You know, somebody says, you know, Joe, you know, I like audio books. I like this. Like, but like, what would you suggest? How many books should somebody read a month? Or do you have that goal for yourself? Like, like, what do you, cause you post a lot of books, you post a lot of stuff and good stuff. Um, so do you have like, Oh, I have to read one book a month, two books a month, or, or do you have like a yearly goal? Yeah, I have. So it started off with reading The Richest Man in Babylon. It, yeah. It step back. It started off from, from watching a Jim Rohn video, right? Mm -hmm. with, with motiv Jim Rohn was a motivational speaker for those of you who don't. Yeah. In the 70s mm -hmm. and the 80s, and particularly in the 80s. And one of the things he talked about a lot was to educate your mind, right? One of his quotes was that stand guard at the mental doorway of your mind, right? So mm. prevent bad stuff from coming in and make sure you only let things in. So and and, re and he had like a list of books of things that people need to, to read. One of them was The Alchemist, for example. And mm -hmm. on to add on to that, my father always, you know, now that I look back, my father was always telling me, read, 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 right? <laughs> he had a point, right? And he never like right. it fully, but he had a point, which was your education doesn't stop with school. So this is not a goal for everybody, but I have a certain amount of books that I'm going to read within a year. Right. So I'm averaging about 30. Now, some of them may be repeats. Right. So um, February's coming up. I always read Malcolm X again. Right. Mm -hmm. I always read that book. Any for everybody who's listening to this, the Malcolm X autobiography is one of the greatest books you can ever read. And it's not for what you think. <laughs> OK, <laughs> it's, it's one of the greatest books you can ever read because the man knew he was about to die. And he explained his entire story. The first three-fourths of the book is exactly what you think. The last fourth is not what you think. The last fourth is what people never hear about, right? But the first three-fourths, it's intense. I'm not going to lie to you. It's very intense. Um, but I, I read about 30 books a year. But read things that don't just read fiction, right? Don't just right, read stories, right? Read things that elevate you to a different level. The reason why I know a lot about money, right? I went through my whole itinerary earlier about my education. All that crap don't matter. You know why? It's because I learned more about personal finance from regular books than I did from school. School didn't teach me how to, how to be better with debt. It just showed me what debt could do in terms of leveraging. Mm -hmm. School didn't teach me about how to save. It showed me what a bank was. School didn't teach me how to invest like properly. It showed you what the instruments were. So you read so you can educate yourself beyond school. School does an inefficient job of teaching you. I know it sounds mm -hmm. weird to say that, but school does an inefficient. There's so much information you can read about that's going to elevate your mind. Even if, you, if, even if you're reading just to read fiction, read fiction. Why? Because it's going to improve your vocabulary. Right? There are studies that have been shown that people who suffer from Alzheimer's, for example, can prevent it more by keeping their mind active. Right? Keeping, because, mm -hmm. you know, it's the build up of mucus in your brain. So, like, building your mind and edging, you, 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 you basically work out your mind. So, for me personally, if I was to start, try reading one book a month. Just try one. Yeah. Just try mm -hmm. one. And then as you mm -hmm. get better, 
you start to read faster. You start to process information faster and it'll start to, to, to build. And then you start to realize what you like. Me personally, I read everything. Right. right. I got a, I got behind me. I know people are not going to like this, but behind me there's a, a book about Donald Trump and there's one about Glenn Beck and right above my head is Bill Clinton. And over here is, you know, religious stuff. And off the top is, is finance. Everything. Yeah. I got everything. I got everything because information is, you know, information is agnostic of how you feel. Right. Like, Everybody forgets that Trump was a, you know, everybody in the black community loved Trump when I bought those books back in 2008. I'm not going to burn them now. <laughs> right? That's a memory for me. That's a memory of, mm -hmm. well, look what could happen. Right? Don't believe the hype with anybody because look, look how it could turn quickly. Right? This mm -hmm. was one of my favorite presidents until you start to go into the history of it. Right? Still one of the best presidents for me, but personally, like, his autobiography is dense. Mm -hmm. And he goes into Haiti. He goes into everything. So read, man. Educate yourself as much as possible so that you can be a better self this year. Man, that's dope, man. Because I know, like, when you said, um, at first, you said 30. I know some people are going to be like, hey, hey, bro. Like, yeah, that's a bit much. I, no. I, I work. I got two kids. And, and yeah. bro, I can't even read no 30 books. But I think I, I like the fact that you said um, just one. Starting off with one. one. Um, shit, like, because some people don't read any books a year. So even if you do start off, you know, one a year, I mean, uh, six, uh, 12 a year, excuse me, or six a year. Yeah. You could say, man, look, I could do one every two months. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's all I got. Yep. Right? Um, but I, I think it's super important that people do um, expand their knowledge. You know what I'm saying? So I yeah. definitely appreciate you saying that. Go I'll ahead. give you this. Read 30 minutes a day. Mm -hmm. That's it. Don't even get like if, if you can't give yourself a goal of a of a uh, a certain a certain amount of books, read thirty mm -hmm. minutes a day, fifteen minutes in the morning, fifteen minutes at night. Watch how watch how you start to change, right? And read books that mm -hmm. you like, and then it'll start to expand your knowledge. And then what you start to see that I started to notice is that books in the books they recommend other books. Right. Right. One of the greatest books I've ever read was The Alchemist. And it was from a video I heard about where Jim Rome talked about it. You know, like, it, 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 this is how it just mm -hmm. happens. It just happens to go mm -hmm. that way. But if you want to read, try reading 30 minutes a day. The most successful mm -hmm. CEOs read, like, I don't know, like 100 books a year or some crap like that. I don't think I'm ever going to get there. But there is something <laughs> reading, right? It keeps your mind right. sharp. It keeps you humble. And it keeps you on time management. Because if you can make 30 minutes a day for you to read, that means you can work on your business for 30 minutes a day. That means you can work on your finances for 30 minutes a day. Mm -hmm. That means you can work on your health for 30 minutes a day. That means you can work on many different things in your life. Build the discipline and everything else will follow. Right. So I guess my next question is somebody would say, hey, listen, Joel, look, man, I'm in massive debt. Massive. And I don't know if I could save the percentages of, of my, of my, you know, of my paycheck every day for, you know, every week for, for charity, you know, for, for all those things, you know what I'm saying? Like, so how would you tell somebody like that how to start? Um, the first thing is you're acknowledging the debt. Congratulations. Most people don't, they just ignore it. You're, con you're, you're seeing it for itself. The second mm -hmm. thing I would say is the same way they told you back in the day, not to, um, attack a problem 
um, you know, just one full prompt to break it up into steps. You have right. to break up your debt into steps. I don't care what the amount is. Break it up into steps, right? So let's say you owe $150,000 in student debt. How about you pay off ten grand this year? Right? Mm -hmm. Just start with that. And and build the discipline. Paying paying off debt is more about discipline than money. Because mm -hmm. you get tired, right? What you mentioned earlier that people always want to do things. You ever notice when it gets to money, they always want things fast? Right? They're yeah. impatient. They're so impatient when it comes to money. So Forget about trying to attack $150,000 at once. Do the ten grand, and then do it again, and then do it again, and then do it again, and you make progress. And it's the same. What's the hardest part about going to the gym is putting your sneakers on. It's not the gym, right? It's actually doing it, right? Same thing with finances. Get started. I don't care how small it is. Get started because... The reason why you're becoming debt-free more than anything, in my personal opinion, you're not becoming debt-free because of the monetary aspect. You're becoming debt-free because of what it makes for you to become debt-free, right? You have to become a different person, and that person sticks with you for the rest of your life. So just get started. Do a budget. Find out how much you can contribute and start because once you change, you're never going back. And that's mm. more important than the monetary aspect, by far. Mm. You make uh, you make some powerful points, um, because the whole problem with you know I want it I want it now, right? Is yeah. we, when you say shave off ten, right? When you say yeah. shave off ten, 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 you might get some pushback, but Joel, it's ten years. That's 10 years. Like, I, I want certain things now. I need to get to the bag now. Like, that's, and then that's when we talked about doing the investments, right? Right. Now you're going to go start doing different things of, you know, like, instead of maybe, maybe paying off my, you know, all that 10000 this year, I could probably dump that money into the stock market and maybe I could pay off, you know, and I can get a big return and pay off yeah. half in one year, right? Yeah. And then you fall into those, pitfalls that what we were talking about earlier yep you know what i'm saying so um it's tough because especially you know within our community um money's always a, a, a for a lot of people um it's always like a sore subject right and and we want it when we want it how and how we want it you know yep. what i'm saying because it affects us up here yeah and it's like you said we live in this mental jail all the time because, and we're trying to rack our brains to figure out how we can attack this quickly. Yeah. Um, but there's no real quick fix for debt unless you're lucky. I mean, you know, people yeah. sometimes they, they get lucky and that's just fine, right? But yeah. for the average, you know, person, it's like you said, I, you know, it, 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 it's consistency um, and attacking it each and every day, each and every month, each and every pay period to have the ability to get your debt down um, to where you want it to be or to where it should be, right? Um, and trying not to let the outside noise affect your decisions, it's right? Um, because it could be, you know, friends, could be family. Hell, it could be your spouse, could be your girlfriend, boyfriend. Yep. That's making you like 
in a hurry, in a push to make bad decisions about your money because maybe you want to impress them or maybe like they feel like you're not moving fast enough or whatever the case is, you know, because everybody has you on their timeline. Yep. Right. Agreed. Um, and you have to do things according to what they think. Right. And you want to make these people happy. Right. So, so there's various different noises coming at you from all different angles. And I think what you're saying and, and what you have said is that you have to tune out the noise have in to. order for you, you got to. to get out of debt. You have to. My father told me when I was younger, right? This is when I was looking to um, uh, go to, to medical school, right? So my objective when I was younger, I wanted to be a doctor, just like every other Caribbean. And one of the things he told me once when I started to do the research about how long it's going to take to do that and how long school is going to be and all this kind of stuff, one of the first things he told me was time's going to pass you regardless of what you do with it. If I was to tell you how fast did 10 years go from now until, you know, from 2010 until 2011 until now, you would say like that, mm -hmm. right? If I told you how fast did 2020 though, no matter how bad 2020 was for you, it went pretty fast. The older you get, the faster the time goes. So 10 years from now, you're going to look back at this time and decide and say, damn, I wish I did that. This is what humors me about people when it comes to money. They want their money so fast that they can't think 10 years ahead. Yet, 10 years ago, they can, they can say, damn, I wish I did that. Right? So they, they're trying to fix the mistakes. It's the person who goes to the gym, does one push-up or one sit-up, goes to the mirror and says, damn, I don't see no abs. You just ate like crap for 20 years. What do you expect? Like you got to put, you got to accept responsibility for the actions you took both financially, physically, emotionally. That's spiritually. true. That, you got to fix that, you know? So don't be in a rush. Don't try to keep up with the Joneses. And look, for those of you who, who are thinking about it, no Murphy's law. Murphy's law says anything that can go wrong will. The, you ever notice the minute you start saving money is when there's an emergency? You ever notice the minute you want to start going to the gym, that's when there's like new food on the table? You ever notice that when, when you want to build yourself up emotionally, that's when your friends say, yo, let's go to the strip club, right? Like, like it's, always, <laughs> it's always something that's going to stop you from doing what you want to do. But yep. 10 years, I say this to everybody within the sound of my voice, 10 years from now, you're going to look back at this time, God willing, and say, damn, why didn't I start doing it? If your financial goals this year is to do, you know, get maybe pay 10 grand down or to, to save 10 grand or invest 10 grand or all three, whatever it is, make sure your future self thanks you for your current self. Right? Make Ooh, sure like make sure the future person, the future Joel is going to thank the, the, the current Joel. Right? Make sure you thank yourself. Because 10 years from now, the world's going to pass you and you're still going to be at the same place you were. So mm. don't try to gamble your way into to changing it. I understand it sucks. But remember, the ultimate sign of maturity is accepting responsibility for your own actions, no matter how good or bad. That's mm -hmm. the ultimate sign of maturity is not making excuses. You got to this point. You took out the student loans. You bought the car. You bought the house. You swiped your credit cards. It's your fault. 
And nobody likes when I say that, but it's your fault that you put yourself in this financial position. Why not change where you are? It may take mm -hmm. some time, but it's worth it. I think you should put that up after after we get off um, as a quote. Yeah. I, I'm just saying, I think you should put that up there um, <laughs> as a quote. <laughs> I, I like that. I, I like what you did there. I, I'm definitely appreciative. Um, so, I mean, let, let's focus on, you know, you gave us a lot of, a lot of knowledge, um, a lot of notes, a lot of gems today, tonight, excuse me. Um, let's talk a little bit about you for a second. Um, we all know Death Free Joe. Everybody follow him at Death Free Joe. Um, but how, how did you become, you know, such a, like a, a dope finance coach? You know what I'm saying? Because I think I've seen a lot of people do it. I've seen people do like, you know, like they do the finance coaching thing and the way they, sometimes the way that they talk to people, sometimes it's, it's very off-putting, you know, and I, and I mean that in a very, you know, just like very condescending kind of way, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and, but when I see you post and when I see you do, and do your lives and do your interviews, when people interview you and you do things like this, you're very real. Um, you're very honest. You know, but you never condescend. And that's something that I could say that I always appreciate and respect about somebody. Just because, you know, you are debt-free and, you know, got to a couple bags. <clears throat> um, you know what I'm saying? Um, so, you know, I, I could appreciate the humility is what I'm saying of what you bring to the table, man. So, you know, I just want to just, you know, first say, you know, I appreciate that, you know, especially for the community too. Um, it's definitely needed, just, just, just what you're doing. But where's the but where's that that humility come from? Well, it's the purpose. Why am I doing this in the first place? Right? I mean, not to get too like you know serious about it, but it's my purpose. Not get to it. Right? It's my purpose. Mm. I, I I honestly feel that this is what the Lord asked me to do. How how the hell can you be condescending if some of the higher power is telling you to do something? Right? Mm -hmm. And I you know, look. I may be real, but just remember, you're always labeled an asshole when you tell the truth, <laughs> mm -hmm. right? So there's True. some people who are like, no, Joel, you need to be nicer about it. Could you imagine me coming out here with a higher pitched voice and, and talking to you like something different than where, when we had a bar? You would look at me like I'm no. crazy. No. You would look at me like I'm nuts. So I have <laughs> to be real to myself. But you also have to understand that you're arguing more with behavior than you're arguing with anything else. So... Mm. I don't know if it's humility, I don't know what it is, but I never lose sight of why I'm doing this in the first place. And that's that's the goal for me. Never, ever, ever lose sight of why this is. Your purpose, for me personally, is to help Black people so that they can be more charitable, right? Never mm. lose sight of it. I don't care if I help one person in my entire life. That's all that matters to me, right? When I meet my maker, there's only two things that can probably happen. He's going to say, good job. I'm going to be like, all right, at least I tried. Or he's going to say, yo, what the, like, what was that? I, I messed <laughs> up, right? Like, I messed up, my bad, right? It's, it's one mm -hmm. of the But I think, you know, look, I've made mistakes, okay? It's very easy to talk on here, right? We had this conversation. It's pretty easy yeah. to talk on here, right? But, you know, after you get through the whole, like, you're just randomly, your voice is everywhere. But it's easy yeah. to talk on here. But try doing this in a relationship. Yes. 
It's brutal, right? Try doing this with your family, Ugh. right? Try doing this with people that love you, but you know they're emotional about money. It, people still get standoffish, but you got to know why you're doing it. And one of the things I've always told my boy Greg, I told my boy, all my people, is I got to be able to put my head on a pillow at night, right? My conscience can eat at me. So if I say I did a good job and I tried my best and, and I tried to listen, then all right, I'm done. But when it comes to finances, it's people's emotion. We argue about emotion more than anything when it comes to be, when finance um, and it's behavior. So you got to be understanding, but I'm not going to allow you to make excuses either. Don't come right. to me with that bullshit. Like, don't come to me with the whole like, well, you know, it's black people and we're always behind the eight ball. Yeah. But what about you? I ain't talking about this, but I'm talking about you. As I said, like, you know, we, we talked about it last season, right? What is the one thing everybody says about finance? Oh, I wish that they taught finance in high school. Well, what the fuck is stopping you now? Mm -hmm. Right? When you start saying that, it hurts, but it's the truth, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's why you, you keep going at it. You keep trying to help people. And if you help one person, just one person, if you change one person's life in this entire world of, of you living when you leave this earth and you change one person's life that's more than most people walking on earth mm. i mean look on that note you know i, I think we could end there i think um <laughs> you said <laughs> you said it all just now man you know I, I don't have a better ending than that man um because that's exactly why i do what i do and um and that's why i have this platform and people like and people like you who are willing to come on and as we say, give this joint away for free. You know what I'm saying? So, um, listen, bro, listen, I appreciate you. Thank you for opening my season two premiere. I definitely appreciate you, man. I appreciate everything, bro. Um, keep doing what you're doing. I'm always watching you, man. I'm always watching your stuff. And you know you're going to come back on here. And we may have to switch up the topic, though. I'm not going to lie. Whatever you want. there's something, you know, I, I'm thinking of something um, that we can talk offline about. Because, I mean, we got a lot of stuff to talk about offline. That's all I'm going to tell you right now. Um, uh, but, yo, listen, bro. Listen, cheers to you, bro. Thank you. I appreciate you, brother. Always, man. Salute to you. Everybody go follow at Debt Free Joe, man. Appreciate you, brother. All right, brother. Have a good one, man. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Ah, uh, man. Appreciative of Debt Free Joe. Um, appreciate y'all for tuning in. As I said, you can catch the audio version um, of Conversations of the Heart iHeartRadio.com, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever um, you have a podcast, man. So listen, I salute y'all. I appreciate y'all. You know, Happy New Year. S see y'all next week for episode two. Cheers.